Hi guys, welcome to Don't Quit Your Daydream. I'm Shar. And I'm Shana. And we invite you to join us, two friends, as we discuss the highs and lows of writing. Come and take a seat and make your writing dreams come true. Hey daydreamers and welcome back to another episode of Don't Quit Your Daydream. Um, we're really excited today because our topic today is called the biggest worries about writing and how to overcome them. Well, the reason we're super excited is because we're currently on a writing retreat yeah. with three of our friends who we have managed to get to do the episode with us, <laughs> some more reluctantly than others. Yes, there will. <laughs> but we're going to just discuss, we think it's a really good time to do it because obviously we're all in the midst of writing our books, we're all at different stages, Shana's almost finished the show off, I'm like... <laughs> getting into it and some other people are at like an idea stage so we thought it'd be a really really good opportunity just to talk about some of the things that we're currently worried about what we're struggling with and see if we can help each other and hopefully through doing so help you guys because we understand that you know everyone's journey is different yeah and everyone struggles with different things and sometimes actually just the act of discussing it and talking to one another is actually what helps us so i've got to say we have with us eloise we have jade and we have georgie yeah. i'm going to start with shana and just ask what kind of when you're writing a book or mm -hmm. you're starting a new story or something yeah. or even when you're in the middle of it what do you find is one of the like biggest worries that you have the biggest worry that I always have is that I'm not good enough to write a strong story mm -hmm. and that just because you have an idea or because like like me I've been writing since I was a little girl doesn't mean that I'm necessarily good at it yeah. and like people will say like oh, you are writer, that's amazing <laughs> but like, yeah, being good is definitely something that you want. You want to be good, don't you, when you do something and you, you want to do it well. And I do think that, like, oh, someone might be able to tell this story that I've got better than me. Yeah. And, like, what if this idea that I have never manifests the way it's in, it looks in my head? Like, yeah. it's so cool in my head, but then I won't be able to write it the way it looks. Yeah. And definitely, like, originality as well. And I think, like, other people in this room have definitely 100%. felt the same thing. Yeah, how, how do you be original in a world where, like, every story has been told, yeah, every magic system has been used, um, yeah, every type everything. of character, everything, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's definitely my biggest worry. So, like... Okay, taking that worry, which I think that is like a joint worry yeah. that we all have, like, I think there's no way of being a writer without having that worry because it is scary and you want to be original. How, like, what kind of things do you use to overcome that? Like, yeah. how do you continue and still write that project with all of those worries in your mm -hmm. head and all that fear of the same as everything else? Yeah. How do you continue it? Well, I remember that all I can do is draft like in the beginning like when you've got the blank page all you can do is get the words on the page first mm -hmm. even if I literally wrote the boy went up to the girl he <laughs> sat down like it's really boring it's really crap <laughs> but it doesn't matter because I know that later I've got the groundwork so I can go in and I can edit it and I think editing was definitely staged that I remember at one point you were saying it's your favourite stage it and it's not and it wasn't favorite. my favourite yeah, yeah, but yeah. late more like later in my, in my um, career I've actually begun to enjoy it because I'm like okay this is where I make the story what it was meant to be because in the beginning you are just getting it out there and you're like okay this is the story but this is what I wanted it to be this thing over here so let me do everything I need to do to get it from from there to there so I think editing is definitely something I always remind myself of and I also remind myself that every book that I read that's from a shelf every show that I watch every film that I watch has had 
potentially a team of like a hundred people mm-hmm. who have had their eyes on that project mm-hmm. to make it what it is. Yeah. So I'm not going to be little old me on my own, making it perfect to that level yet. Instead, I need to get it as good as I can on my own, then get my friends, my family to read it, then get whoever else to read it. And then obviously the agent's going to read it. They're going to help me, give me pointers. The editor's going to read it. They're going to give me pointers. The publishing house, whatever, whatever. Yeah. All these people are going to come together to make it that final product. So I don't need to worry about perfection now. I just need to get it as good as I can get it for now. Yeah. And that helps me to relax. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because, like, one of the things, like, I struggle with is I don't really... I enjoy a draft in the sense, like, I enjoy, yeah. like, when I'm first coming up with a story and I love doing the idea, but yeah. the act of actually having to write it is so torturous. <laughs> like, I just find it's really daunting because it's so much to write. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like the editing stage because I think that the editing stage is actually when you know what story you're trying to tell. Yeah. I feel like the drafting is just, like this skeleton of like I've got these ideas mm. and I'm going to slap them on a page and then the editing is when you're like oh okay I'm going to turn it into a book yeah, so I think I like yeah. I would say I definitely share that fear in like not knowing like yeah. I'm, I'm like good enough this story good like because sometimes the story in your head seems good and yeah, then you're like, oh. yeah. But, actually not <laughs> yeah but also I think remembering another good point from that is to remember that stories and writing and consuming stories is so subjective oh yeah that yeah. it's kind of like what like I might think is amazing mm. like we've okay let's take Twilight because like, you hate Twilight, <laughs> yeah. Twilight so like let's take Twilight I think it's an amazing story yeah. and I love it and I watch it like every year and you're like no what is this crap <laughs> so like ultimately like understanding as well that it's subjective yes. and that you are I think that the most important thing is that you write for you because yeah. writing for you is going to bring about people that like what you like yeah. and that's your well, audience. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to write, let's say, Stephanie is not trying to write Twilight for you because yeah, you're not her no. audience mm-hmm. and no matter what she does or how she tweaks it or how she changes it, yes. you are not going to like it yeah. it's not for you. That's definitely something that I yeah. have had to bear in mind. Like you can't tick every box for every person and when trying to do so, you're just going to have like a yeah bunch of stuff that you can't actually Absolutely. work with yeah yeah right, i'll go to myself next yeah I'll, I'll I'll say say next. um i think oh, i have so many worries <laughs> start with one <laughs> i have so many worries i think um one of my biggest ones is probably the fear of getting distracted yeah. i have like I don't know about anybody else, but I have the most chaotic mind possible in that I just don't stay on one thing for very long. Like, my my brain, like, even when I sleep at night, like, I, the thoughts that go through my head, like, I always have like a little prayer before I go to bed. I can't even stay on that. And I'm like, sorry, guys, I'm so sorry. Like, I'll be, like, thinking about, I'll be, like, in the middle of praying, like, thank you for this life. And then I'll be like, oh, I wonder if Jax is going to... And I'm like, no, no. Like my head is ridiculous like it's all over the place and sometimes I find that in story that I'm so inspired by like I love like watching things and reading things and I'm so inspired by that but sometimes that's a curse yes. that like I'll read that and then be like that's so good I need to change my book so it's like this yeah. and like so I have to like my biggest worry is the staying committed yeah. to doing what I should be doing yeah um and staying committed with the story that I've chosen and knowing that actually you know what if I just get to the damn end this could be the best story ever Mm. but stop tweaking it because every time I'm tweaking it it's like I'm starting again and I have a habit of doing that what has you overcome this Mm. um I think we spoke about this in an episode that we've recently done but I think overcoming it is literally forcing yourself to have discipline and to create a routine Mm. that you know I know for example I think you have to know yourself as a writer I know for example if I start a project and then leave too much of a gap between it that gap there allows me to just float around and like consume things and want to change things 
I have to actively be writing for a portion of time. Mm -hmm. So if I have a book and I have uh, six months, I need to use those six months. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying write every single day because that's not always feasible with people's lifestyles. Mm -hmm. But I do need to consecutively be like, not consecutively, but be committing to writing on some form of schedule that says, okay, maybe between these hours or at this time or um, at this point, I'm going to yeah. write and I'm going to do it in this environment because certain environments work better for me like I'm really a nighttime writer I'm not, I'm not really a daytime writer and just having a routine and sticking to it because when I have that routine I have less time to think yeah and so that is how I have to kind of like overcome and I think that. alongside that for you is like like you say being specific about okay I'm, I'm in writing mode right now so I'm not going to watch certain types of yeah. things that are going to influence mm -hmm. me I'm not going to read certain types of mm -hmm. things that are going to influence me yeah. and also potentially I know you, not for this story but potentially in the future you could prioritise standalones because you have so many different ideas yeah. if you do a standalone you can get in get out and do yeah. the next book yeah mm -hmm. and I think you know what other skill has been quite useful is this concept of the like a fast first draft yeah like when I first started writing I was like a write a chapter go back and edit it yeah. and fix it and you get so caught up and I've learned like the benefits of actually really just writing a really quick and dirty first draft and not go back the only time I go back is if like for example I need to remember something yeah. for what I'm gonna write next but other than that that act of just write it and move on and move on and it actually makes it better for me when I come to edit because I don't remember what I've written yeah so that has been like a massive game changer for me in terms of getting through a story is just not getting caught up on the perfection because because even if I go back and edit chapter one, it then changes the whole story. Yeah. So then I could write chapter two and three, and then I'm like, now I'm obsessed with changing chapter two. Now the whole story changes, so I have to go back to chapter one. And you just get into a cycle that's just really ridiculous, and you're never going to get to the end. And the yeah. aim is get to the end, and then you can fix it. I always like liking it to, like, you know, you're doing one of them ridiculously big puzzles and yeah. like you've got all the pieces you can't make the final picture if you don't have all the pieces mm -hmm. so every time you write you are creating like a little piece of the jigsaw but if you leave it half finished you'll mm -hmm. never see the bigger picture to even know oh actually i do like this or i don't like this if you don't have all the pieces so that's yeah, like how i always like it yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's a good idea. So I'm going <laughs> to come to um, Eloise next and um, just ask what is something... Obviously, you're, this is like the first thing you're writing, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. So like in terms of like um, writing something new and starting, what is probably your like biggest worry or concern? My biggest worry is kind of getting everything out of your brain and onto a piece of paper where it actually makes sense yeah <laughs> so, obviously in my head it makes sense but mm. that's because it's mine it's like telling people so they understand it writing it down so they understand it and kind of just making sure that the world's developed enough and the characters mm. have developed enough so people not necessarily like it but they understand what i'm trying to get across yeah, like, yeah. know who to like who they're meant to dislike but still make their own judgments and have their own personalities mm. obviously i'm only me yeah. So I feel like writing characters um, to have different personalities and wants and motives and I think that's quite worrying. It's scary. Yeah, it I think that's scary hard, for yeah. everyone. Mm, I think, yeah. I mean, what would you say, what kind of, what do you use to try and deal with that? Like having characters with different personalities, mm. making sure that the world makes sense. What helps me with like characters is sometimes thinking of another character from something else that that person's like. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, I want this character to be like X person from other show, TV, uh, film or, or book. And then that helps me to have a little bit of an idea of what kinds of traits they're going to have. Sometimes doing character profiles. So like, okay, they look like this. They have these traits. They have these family members. Doing little things like that helps me to 
have like a snapshot of that character because again if they're not like me then it is a bit hard you're like oh, I don't know how you would speak I don't know why how you would mm-hmm. act but I think that the backstory like I know we agree on this Charlene um the backstory is such an important part for a character because it will t- inform everything that they do That's because if you think about all of us right now <laughs> yeah we're all women but what makes us different is how we were raised who we mm-hmm. were raised by what like if we had siblings or not mm-hmm. what schools we went to what areas we grew up all these different yeah. things whether we know it or not having an effect on how we speak what how we carry ourselves our self-esteem uh what clothes we wear even like you know what i mean how all these things it, yeah exactly it's yeah. all psychological yeah, yeah which i think is why like when i was younger i was actually interested in studying psychology because it's just like how does the mind work that's what we're doing with as writers aren't we we're thinking yeah. how does yeah. this person's mind Which work really yeah it's fair. fascinating yeah, yeah so i think is. that whenever you're worried about that is to like maybe do a little bit is this really weird but like a little bit of people watching and yeah. like looking yeah. at people and like okay what would their story be like you're in a, you're in a shop or something like what would your story be like why are you arguing with your husband right now with the shopping yeah. list like whatever like make up a story for them and then when you get really interested in other people's lives like be a bit nosy it helps you to create realistic characters i think and mm-hmm. characters then helps you with everything else because yeah. you can have a, a world that doesn't even feel that fleshed out mm. and if the characters are people will forgive you for that they won't even care they won't yeah, even notice that's actually true. people are much more willing to follow really great characters yeah. in a crap story than a crap story yeah with exactly a good story with crap characters yeah, yeah um, i think another thing like i would say is like figuring out what drives the character so like whenever i have a character i always want to know what their goal motivation and conflict is yeah and like obviously the goal can change throughout the book mm-hmm. that that's obvious but starting with okay what is their goal like what do they want to achieve and what is motivating them to achieve it and what is getting in their way which is the conflict because if i can understand that it gives them like an emotional like i can't think of the word but it it, it, emotional reason for emotional reason for for making the decisions that they're making because if i don't understand that then the character is just a 2d character on a page that's just Mm -hmm. existing but if like i have a character and i'm like oh okay so they're really angry about this and they want to you know they want to achieve this because they've had a parent who's like always looked down on them and said you know you're not good enough so they they want to be good at everything and that drive to be good at everything has made them become a really terrible person who will betray anybody to get what they want because they're trying to please this parent who's never happy with them Mm. that then tells you like do you know what i mean why they're doing that or this person you know they don't really they don't like conflict because in their household where they grew it was all shouting and anger so it's just understanding it doesn't have to be like a massive deep dive into like their past and every little when they were one (laughs) but just that like i say like a trauma an emotional trigger whatever's happen that has really i think there's always something quite big that happens in people's lives that really really mold who they are or who they're going to be and i think figuring that out about a character is really beneficial like because you understand the choices to make in the world and i think when you do it that way around the character almost tells the story and you don't have to think as much about the plot because the character's decisions and what they do just makes the plot make sense yeah definitely yeah because there's been so many times where i've been like writing my story and i'm like okay i I planned for something to happen next but i'm like but but my character wouldn't do that though because the thing that they want is this thing over here why would they go over there do you know what i mean so when you know okay this is what they actually really really want whether it's something small or something big then that does help guide where they go and everything else will fall into place from then and in terms of like the world building 
it's always, like Charlene always says, it's always through the lens of the character anyway. So what is unfolding as they see it. So when you go on your life, you live your day, you're, see, you're waking up in your house with whoever you live with. You go into your car and you're describing things as you know it as you yeah. go along. From your perspective Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well. So, and things that you know about your own circumstances. So you're not going to describe, like you always say, the, the, the architecture of like the 18th century of the yeah, library. It's like, I don't, I don't care about that because I don't care about buildings. But if the, your character is yeah. like an architecture nerd, then they would describe that. Mm -hmm. Do you see what yeah. I mean? Because mm -hmm. who they are, so what they yeah. see. Yeah, exactly. I always use that. Yeah. Like if I went into like a diner, let's say diner would be all American. Yeah. <laughs> if I went into a diner and John Wick went into a diner, like mm -hmm. I'm going in there to like, oh, have they got fudge cake up this menu? Like that is my, <laughs> yeah. that's my literal focus. Like have they got fudge cake or maybe a waffle if they haven't got fudge cake or I'll, I'll even go for an apple crumble. And then I'm going to look at all oh, what seats are like the most interesting. Maybe there's a little view out the window where I can look at things. Now if John yeah. Wick goes into a diner, he's probably going to look at what can I use around this place that I could use as a weapon if there was a mm. potential danger? How many exits are there? I don't want to put my back to an exit. I want to be able to sit here so I can see everybody that's coming in. Who? How many people are in here? Who looks suspicious? He's yeah. got a different like view. We're in the same diner, but it's a different view because yeah. we are two different people and we're looking at two completely different things. And so I always think when you look at it through the lens of the character, that's how you have to imagine it. Like only mention what they would actually care about if they don't care about it it doesn't make sense yeah mentioning it just the world doesn't matter the yeah. world can be massive but you're doing it from the lens of even if you're doing third person you're doing it from the lens of whoever you're focusing on or the whoever's you are focusing on yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. that's quite interesting actually i feel like that makes it make a lot more sense yeah. instead of it being story driven it's more character driven yeah because yeah. yeah. if you think about like our life like you said if we were following any of us the things that happen only happen because of the choices that we're making. Mm -hmm. It's not, like if I decide oh, I'm too tired, my alarm goes off in the morning, I'm too tired, I can't bother today. And then it goes off and I miss it and I'm late for work. It's because I chose not to listen to the first alarm that went yeah. off. Yeah? yeah. And then that means that I then have to rush and I'm going and then let's say I'm driving on my way to work and I'm rushing and then I crash into somebody. It's because of every choice that I made and yeah. someone else can be still going to work with me, but none of that happens to them because they got up on time and they drove nicely yeah. to work, probably had a bit of time in the car park to just chill. <laughs> so it, it's it's the choices that you make. So you have to think when you are crafting a story and you're trying to think of how does the world look, it's how does the world look according to the choices that this person is making, which is our main characters. What are they doing that affects not just them, but has a bit of a ripple effect on either other people or the world around them? Mm -hmm. I think mean, that's mm -hmm. a really important thing to focus on. Yeah, um, hence why I think character is more important than world. Yeah, that world kind of comes naturally from yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's go to Georgie. Um, <laughs> what would you say one of your biggest worries are? I really love books that are, you can clearly tell the author's done a lot of research. Okay. Um, I like certain subjects and dialects and stuff, and I'm just worried that I've not done enough research and there's going to be like inconsistencies or plot holes in a story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally get that. That is. Um, that is something I think everyone, like, we, we all worry about that. Like, yeah. like, you do. But I think, like, it comes down to two things, doesn't it? It's like, one, first of all, does your story have to be historically accurate? Like, is it even set in our world? Mm. Yes, there has to be certain things that just make sense for the reader to read it. But does it, like, my story is set in a world that looks like ours, but it's a dystopian version and it's not actually our world. So it's based off of our world, but I can take liberties because of the fact that it's not. I think when you are dealing with anything that's linked to our world, I think worrying about that in the first draft is just, it, it's not necessary. I think you write as much as you know and you leave out what you don't know. You leave a, 
a rough guideline and yeah sometimes that does have a bigger ripple effect if it's yeah. a big thing but I think the danger with the research thing is that you can get so caught up on the research mm. that you never write the book yeah. so I say do just enough research to get you writing and anything else you can research in the, the drafting stage this is not the drafting sorry the editing mm. revision stage which is why I think that the editing revision stage is so important because and why getting the book out and just writing it is so important because all those things that we worry about are fixable in that stage but until you get to it if you spend all your drafting stage worrying about that you don't even finish a book to even have it yeah. correct like factually research wise historically like you might as well forget it because you're not even getting to the end so it, it doesn't even matter so I think focusing on that whilst drafting is is not not necessary you do need to know some things there are mm-hmm. certain stories where you need to know especially if you're doing like something set historically yeah. you need to be a bit more accurate for things like that but i think with other things you can figure out along the way and then also i think the, the most interesting thing is and i hear this from lots of authors is that they'll research all this stuff and then just the tiniest so yes you do want that sense that the author knows more but they don't necessarily need to put that more on the page so there's a lot that you will get to know and you will figure out which again you can do during the revision stage that doesn't even need to go in the book but you write it in such a way it could be one line that shows people oh she knows way more about this world and and knowing more about the world doesn't necessarily always mean research it just means you know the world that you've created and Mm -hmm. a lot of that can be imagination yeah that's what i was gonna say because like yeah even though you say oh my story is like impacted by world war ii or whatever any reader who knows that it's a fiction should know that there's creative freedom within that so you're not exactly writing exactly what happened Mm -hmm. and like to be fair even with history like all we have is what somebody documented about it we don't know exactly what happened we weren't there so you know like if you are writing a fiction then people should know that you have taken inspiration but you're not writing exactly a copy so you're allowed to make things up you're allowed to embellish things make things worse make things better whatever to what you need for your story so definitely like charlene says don't stumble on like it has to be perfect it has to be accurate to what happened then or anything like that and you you said interestingly about like dialects and stuff i love dialects as well i love when you can tell that um different characters have different languages or, or anything like that that those things like you can kind of again you, you're making it up you're you can if it's if it's in another world definitely you can make it up but you are allowed to make mistakes in the draft and not make it perfect language then and then later you're like okay i'm going to clean up this character's dialect not got a certain voice that's strong enough yet but later i'll fix it so um yeah definitely don't stumble in the beginning i think weirdly you actually learn a lot more about like you book the world the characters yeah. two stages one when you're writing mm-hmm. and two after you finish yes. like you look back and you think oh i can add this and i can do this mm-hmm. and that's why i like i have like a i have more of a plan for revising and editing than i do for drafting for drafting mm-hmm. it's just like get the story out just get yeah. it out as quickly <laughs> as i can but for drafting like i have a whole you know i like to go through the senses the five senses or how mm-hmm. the character sees the world i want to know the why the when the who the what you know all that um and then that's when i look at sometimes like dialect the character's dialect do i want this character to talk mm-hmm. in a different way like in my book i have like characters that talk about the magical people in the, you have two different mm-hmm. types of ways that they describe it I remember you did that in yours, I don't know if it's in this version, but you did that as well in yours, and it's a really cool thing, and I think those little details, sometimes they come when you're writing, because you just think, ping, and that's really cool, and it could be like a really quick Google search, and you're like, oh, I'm going to use this, or sometimes it's just that, I'll make a note for that, and then when I come back, I will like 
flesh that out and it will get bigger and it will get better but i just think like i just really want to hard go on keep saying just draft first and just get the story out just write it and then all those things you'll be really surprised how much one you'll figure out as you're writing and two will become clear when you've got the whole picture in front of you and yeah. then you'll think you know what i don't even to research that mm -hmm. it would have just taken you away from writing you, yeah. you don't need to do it or you just need to know a minute amount about it because mm. so, even if you're you're a plotter like i am a lot of the time you do plot something and then you're like actually no it, it wasn't going to go that way i'm going to just go with my gut and go a different way mm -hmm. and the characters tell you what to do a lot of the time and you've got to yeah. let them speak because you've said that before like you didn't listen to your character one time and you went in the wrong direction yeah, so always listen to the character and the other thing that you said is about plot holes I am terrified of plot holes. And I think there's probably lots in the yeah. one that I'm writing right now. I'm like, someone's going to find one. But yeah. that's the point. Someone will find it. Yeah. So if before the book gets on the shelf, there's going to be someone who finds it for you. Yeah. And then hopefully you can fix it and it'll be fine. Yeah. 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 That's why I feel like it's like the same saying as like raising a child, it takes a village. Yeah. Like I think as much as you write a book on your own and, and that initially is quite lonely, yeah. when you get the right team around you, of the right people with the right aligned vision yeah. like a team of people around you when it comes to your book as opposed to help you to tell the story you wanted to tell in the beginning so things like the plot holes mm -hmm. and inconsistencies and the research especially if you go with a traditional publisher that they want to make money out of you so they are going yeah. to make that the best version that they can or if you even if you go self-publishing and you hire your own editorial team they're going to make it the best version possible based on obviously you hiring the right people. So there are just some things that sometimes I think with writing a book, you maybe have to go, I'm not that good at that, but luckily there's a person yeah, for that. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. just not that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I hate doing any kind of research for books. That's why I always make it up and put it in a different way because I'm lazy and I don't want to do it. I can't bother. That's the truth. So like any of those things that's where then like i'll have a critique partner like shana who will then look at my work and might be like mm, did you think about this or do you and I'm like oh i didn't even think about that or i'll, I'll speak to you and you'll be like mm, did you realize though if you do this that that doesn't work and i'm like oh yeah. damn and then so you have people that sometimes just see things that you don't because you're just too close to it because it's yeah. in your head like eloise said and it's in there and it's so much and you're just trying to get it out on paper and you're trying to make it make sense that sometimes you just you know it so well you don't realize yeah. that you're writing things wrong or you're leaving things out but when you have people around you they will notice it and they will help you to get to the story you're trying to tell yeah and so sometimes i think we as writers worry too much about the final product when the final product is so far off mm -hmm. and you you have so much time to tweak it and to change it and to deal with it before anyone even sees it mm -hmm. you have to keep remembering like you own that story so worrying about like research and plot holes and things it doesn't matter until somebody has to see it and nobody has to see it until you choose that they see it. like you have that choice of you know what this is not ready to be seen and no one's going to read it yeah so who's going to catch the plot holes but you do you know what I mean? There's yeah. nobody to worry about. When you're ready for that, that's when you do it properly and you make sure that everything's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So last but not least, Jade, <laughs> what are things that you worry about or you concern you when it comes to writing? I think at the moment my biggest thing is probably like the imposter side of it. Like yeah. I just mm -hmm. Like, what business do I have writing a book when I've, what, read Goosebumps with my mum as a child, then gone to Jacqueline Wilson, <laughs> and then messed around with making stories myself, and to now trying to write a rom-com that a million and one of the people have already written in a different way. Mm -hmm. I think me and you, Charlene, was talking the other day when... I'd gone to Waterstones and there was all these books on the shelf mm -hmm. and I was trying to find the one that I wanted to research and actually 
how am I getting on that shelf and what what makes me absolutely any different to the rest of it and what makes my story worth telling Mm -hmm. and I think now that I'm getting into like plotting it properly and I know we did that exercise the day that I found super helpful where we kind of said you know what are your three favorite rom-coms your three favorite female leads your three favorite male leads and what do they have in common and you are right you know like the worst witch versus harry potter there's some really similar instances in all of them it's just what does my voice do differently to make people want to read it and i think it's just trying to fight that kind of thing inside of me saying like you aren't going to make anything any different like no yeah. one really needs to hear another version of a guy mm. met a girl mm. so um mine is just trying to just get the first draft written without myself stopping me doing it yeah. because yeah. I've read a book that sounded really great yeah. because that isn't me yet at that point so and hoping that one day like if I give uh, one of you guys my pages to read and someone said oh my god that's good I'm shook about it. I'm like, oh my God, what do you mean? Like, someone thinks that that's an okay line and I'll just like downplay it to myself and I'm like, no, it's trash. (laughs) Like, I don't have to say it's trash, but I do naturally. But I think Mm -hmm. that's not the way I want to move forward with it. I want to be like confident in myself and Mm -hmm. even if it's confidently crap, do you know what I mean? Like, do you know what? I've wrote it, that's fine. I just don't want to keep being the stumbling block for myself whilst yeah. I'm doing it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, imposter syndrome mm-hmm. is so real. My gosh. Like, I think, like, I'm writing... Is this my ninth book? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it's the first book I've ever written in my life. It's, like, <laughs> it's so hard. And I don't think that that ever goes away. And in a weird way, it's horrible. But it's also kind of keeps you a bit humble. And a True. bit, like, yeah. it keeps you wanting to fight to be better, to know that, do you know what, I can... I can be better but I think some of the key things to really think about is one you kind of touched on it is that actually yeah the story has been told a million times Mm. you're right all of our stories have been told a million times but never in our voice yeah and it's that act of having that voice that makes a big difference like I think we've all read it but we were talking when I came to yours the other day and we were talking about it ends with us by Colleen Hoover and we were saying about how deeply it makes people feel and that emotion and it's like my god how do words make people feel like this and it's kind of like that thing of if we've got that in us Mm. then how do we not know that our words are not going to make somebody feel that way they're going to it's going to change their life or they're going to connect to it because ultimately we do all have experiences we are real people and our experience experiences are whatever valid, uh, valid that's the one thank you they're valid sorry guys see words on the right of the card that's right. um yeah they, they are valid and so therefore your experience and what you've been through and how you write and your voice and the way that you do characters is going to matter to somebody and i think that I think Shana mentioned this, looking at books on the shelf is like the worst thing to do because that's that's a book when everybody's gone through it. Everybody's yeah. come together yeah. to help this writer to put this book on that shelf. Like if you are with any decent publishing company, you're going to have more than one editor. You're going to have your agent. You're going to have so many eyes that are on that helping you to think about how to put it forward. Mm-hmm. What's the story you want to tell? The language, the grammar, the punctuation, the plot inconsistencies, all of that. And sometimes we get really silly and we go to a bookshop and we look at this and we're like, I could never. And we're comparing it to our first draft. Yeah. And like, yeah. Yeah, it's not every yeah every successful author had a first draft that was crap like uh, Stephen King through carrying the bin 
Yeah. That's like one of his most successful books. His wife plucked it back out and was like, uh, no. <laughs> and thank God she did yeah. because the world would not have Stephen King. So it's like, if, if when you look at that, yeah, we all, we all do. And I think we were discussing this the other day. I think the thing with writing and any creative career is that it's so it's so linked to who you are yeah. that it's so personal so when people are going to judge it or when you feel like oh my gosh i've got to put this out it's almost like walking outside and being like oh, i've taken off my clothes i'm just gonna walk out naked yeah that's like really scary yeah and, and that's how it feels sometimes like oh my gosh people are gonna see me naked yeah that's how it feels when you're like you give your book to someone and you're just waiting and you're like oh my god did they like it oh they've taken too long to text oh, <laughs> yeah. it, it's scary and like i don't think that ever goes away but in some ways i think that drives us to be better and to keep growing mm-hmm. and i think you know the best writers get imposter oh yeah absolutely like, I, I get it all the time still yeah. and for some reason I keep writing <laughs> but yeah I think the biggest thing for you and like throughout this like break I've heard you keep asking questions about how does a book look basically mm, yeah I and know I think that I, it's because I keep you keep doing it exactly. and I think you're thinking I'm writing a book I know and actually I'm not the most academic person I'm I'm no I'm not shying away from me that neither. I'm not a very <laughs> yeah neither, I'm not worry. an academically led person but I do really love stories and storytelling yeah. and movies and things like that and I think from going from screenplay kind of drafting which is mm. what I just did for fun and never showed anyone to then going into writing what would now be a, a book I'm getting so caught up on structures and mm-hmm. grammar and what does this book like? And actually, it's scaring me half to death because I'm in my head, I'm thinking, I actually don't have that literary knowledge. So I read books, but I'm not at Colleen Hoover level. Yeah. So how am I ever going to portray yeah. my characters with such like passion and such kind of clarity that you could read my book and understand every single feeling and thought that they were having? Because then I t- go into myself and think, well, you're not academically ready to be able to even write this book. So you might have the ideas, but without, you know, the knowledge of how to write it and structure it, kind of what's the point? So that's where I keep yeah. getting to. What well, I hate. <laughs> what, what you've just said is like so funny. And I don't think you realise what you said, but mm-hmm. you said that you was writing screenplays for fun. Why can't you write books for fun? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're not writing a book anyway. You're writing a story. Yeah. yeah. And the screenplays were also stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and just a different way of telling it. Exactly. It's, yeah. well, it's not just get over it because that, that makes it sound easy. Yeah. And it's yeah. not because you are going to be inside your head again and again and again. Mm-hmm. But you do need to tell yourself, how do I make this fun? How do I relax? Shut up my brain telling me that it has to be a certain way. Because it doesn't... Me and Charlie were saying the other day, I can't remember what episode it was, but about structure actually. And that there actually aren't any rules because there's some books that are written in all lowercase with no punctuation. Yeah. Anybody else would be like, oh my God, what the hell are you doing? Earlier, but they sell. With the Save the Cat book. And I've, I've read that before because that mm. does link to screenplays yeah, as well does. as books. Yeah. And I was like, that's just for some reason just not how I work. And no matter, I read that cover to cover, and it, the way it's laid out just weren't for me. So I think um, there is obviously different ways. Like we were saying earlier, weren't we? Some people hate um, exclamation marks Mm because they think it's cheesy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like little things like that. People love them, yeah, Yeah. or don't care for them at all. Mm -hmm. Like, it just doesn't bother them. Like, there is absolutely, there's a reader for every story, and there's a writer for every story. And who's to say that you won't write one that someone's going to love? And even if one one person loves your story doesn't that mean it was worth writing yeah you might not make you famous we might never become famous no. but i just like the feeling of knowing that somebody picks it up and they love it and i'm yeah. their favorite yeah <laughs> just one person <laughs> i'll be like thank you that one person yeah also going back to colleen hoover 
and I can say this because she's my absolute favourite author, <laughs> but I don't think many people call her literary because she doesn't, like, if if real literary people went through her work, mm. they'd be like, nah. Yeah. Like, because mm. that's not what she writes, and that's okay because there is a, a, a portion of people that do, and that, that's what they do. Mm. I don't think any of us in this room write literary. I know I don't. Uh, no, I, I've, I've tried. Write it. <laughs> I've never tried. Um, I'm not very academic, and I don't think no. a lot of writers probably are into not there's all, all different ones there's all That's different point, ones yeah. yeah i think but i think academics has very little to do with the writing mm. i think writing is about creativity and it's about heart as well yeah like, and i think yeah absolutely and i think that all the things that you're worrying about like the structure of a story and grammar and punctuation they are things you can learn yeah number mm-hmm. one so when i started writing in 2012 i realized that i don't even know what english classroom i was in i'm not <laughs> i actually loved english i loved my english mm. teacher that's where i got all my a's but clearly I've got it all because <laughs> I didn't even know how to structure anything when I came. So one, it's something you can learn yeah. very easily. And that comes from a lot of reading, to be Just fair. practice and yeah. reading, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. So I think learning it and also, again, realising that you're not going to be good at everything. And that is why certain jobs exist. That's mm-hmm. why editors exist because we are writers, we're not editors. So mm-hmm. we only have to really have something that makes sense and, yeah. and you know, is somewhat correct. Mm-hmm. But there are people that are going to rise it to that level because, and, and you know what, the more you work with people like that, like our friend Tasha, yeah. she says now she's worked with her editors, she has she writes cleaner because yeah, of it so sense. you you just keep growing like if i looked at myself in 2012 and i just said oh you know i'm not very academic i can't do this i won't be where i am now because yeah. i would have looked at that person and been like you can't write for nothing like yeah. this ever for you mm-hmm. stop it i was getting it wrong to the point where i even know how to put things into a um what's it called quotation marks yeah. i was like does the punctuation go in out i was so <laughs> confused i was like oh it was horrendous if you read my beginning books horrendous like embarrassing but part of my journey and like if i didn't write them wrong i would never write them right yeah. yeah so i think it's understanding that you can always grow and you can learn and you will learn and grow as much as you want to and if yeah. you can see and you think do you know what i'm actually not very good at punctuation and grammar and that get good learn yeah, how to yeah. do it because that's something that you're passionate about because you want to write cleaner you want to do it in a certain way so you then have to take that ownership and say do you know what i want this so this is something i'm going to think about doing but i'm not going to let it stop me from just having fun like shana said and just writing my book because the reality is is none of that matters during the first draft it no. just doesn't matter like the amount of mistakes i make in my first draft where like when i send it to you guys and you're like gosh this is so well written yeah after i've gone through it 10 times i've gone through it 10 times i'm not showing I'm not sending you the first thing that I write. Send you the first thing you'd be like, Charlie, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't know what it means. Because like, I'm writing things. Like Sometimes I'm writing the same word in one sentence. Yeah. So I'm like, she banged the metal and pushed the metal. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, she walked towards the boy. And it's yeah. just really basic English because I know. Do you know what? There's a dictionary. There's a thesaurus. There's yeah. Google. Yeah. I can fix all that afterwards. I can yeah. think about mm-hmm. language and how I want something to come across and the sentence structure and the length and the flow and the yeah. tone and the voice of my character all of that comes afterwards if i think about all of that while i'm writing i wouldn't even write because yeah, i couldn't just stumble i couldn't do it so like i have this thing in my head where i say there are two hats that i wear i wear my writing hat mm. and i wear my business hat but i cannot wear the two hats at the same time so my writing hat can only go on when i'm writing and when i finish writing then I can put on my business hat, but it's impossible to wear two hats at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's, you just have to get out of your head. And it's something we all do. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, you have to get out of your head. You have to allow yourself. Like Shana said, I think if, if writing's not even fun, it ain't, 
it's not right. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I'm not saying it's always going to be fun and it's no, not no, going to be hard. No. It's not like, oh, if it's not always fun, you're not a writer, that's a load of no. crap. It, there are times where it's just hard mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. going to show up and you're going to be like, I don't even know what I'm doing or I'll write that. Mm-hmm. I wrote 2,000 words and they're crap and I have to delete them. And that is normal. That's part of the process because those 2,000 words, for example, could make you could be crap, but then you're like, now I know what I'm supposed to, to do. Right. Yeah. yeah, so exactly. it's like, have fun and be passionate about the story, but understand that in some ways, it's a little job like in some ways. Yeah. In that there are days where you're not going to describe it, it to you guys, and when I'm yeah. like, oh, this thinking. is like the storyline mm, for yeah. it, I'm excited about yeah. it, I can see where all the nice little bits have all mm. been placed in, yeah. and then it's like when I sit down to write it. I'm like, right, it needs to look like the first chapter that I've seen yesterday in that book that I'm reading. And actually, if I just wrote what it was that we were talking about, it probably would have been much more fun and exciting to get to the end of it. Exactly. I think the best idea is that one that comes first. The natural good idea that just flows onto the page comes without struggle. And it just just flows. And so many times we try to perfect that in our head before it goes onto the computer that we waste all that time sitting there going, yeah, I really want to write this, but I really want it to sound like this. and I do that. I'm mm. so guilty if it were Shana will like I, I I have to have a friend like Shana because she will literally just go, just write the damn thing. <laughs> like she'll be like, I'm not trying to be harsh. Whenever she says that, I'm like talking harsh. Like, I'm saying this because I'm your friend and I love you. Just write the thing yeah. because I'm worried that you're not gonna finish yeah, it. And yeah. you know what? I need that because if I don't, I will sit there and go mm. like this and think. I just want my beginning to feel like this and I can't write it until it sounds like this. <laughs> sounds like what? What's it gonna sound like? Just write the damn thing and then I'll, I'll fix it afterwards. Mm-hmm. And comparing yourself to published authors is no. just, yeah. it's not even, it doesn't even make sense. I get why we do it. We yeah. all do it at a point. I slip up sometimes and do it and then go, stop it. Because their first draft would have been as crap as mine. Mm. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay, they've had a few more years experience, so maybe a bit better. But do you know mm. what I mean? Like, a first draft is a first draft. Yeah. And the person I love the most for that is Lee Bardugo because she's a brilliant writer and she says it all the time. Mm. She says all the time, just write, excuse my French, a shitty first draft. Mm. And just no matter how crap it is, how bad it is, just write it, you can fix it afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And that is it. And I think it, the, it's a really freeing idea, I think. It's beautifully it freeing. Is. And I think yeah. the main thing is just understanding how you write and yeah. what works best for you. And that, you know, some things like I know Georgie will write out of order, which makes me terrified I could, not, <laughs> I could not think of writing like chapter seven before one because for yeah. me my characters have to grow like yeah. bit by bit I have to see them grow and understand that growth and how did they get to chapter seven and because I don't pl- yeah I don't plot I just write mm-hmm. I sit and write so I'll have like rough ideas but for the most part I'm making stuff up as I'm going so I just can't get to, to chapter seven but do you know what Georgie does it and it works for her and yeah. you know we all have a way you plan a bit more it mm-hmm. works for you I don't plan it yeah. doesn't work for me and I think it's understanding that it's okay to have your own method as long mm-hmm. as we're all getting to the same end point yeah that that is it there's no stress in it other than that yeah so definitely silence all of the outside input I think is yeah. the important thing yeah. even like us sometimes like yeah. we might be coming from a great place of trying to help you but yeah. if you feel like it's not in your gut like actually I don't think my story is that yeah. then screw us and you do what you gotta do yeah because your story and you, you clearly are excited about it, it better than yeah. you yeah, yeah 100% like you know there what's was this the book that I read um probably last year now it's called how finding your passion um what is it called how finding your passion changes everything it's mm-hmm. called the element okay. And it's amazing and it basically depicts all these people in life that could have been great and didn't or could have been great and was and what's the difference between them and us. So right, like yeah. 
for instance, there was something around the lady that made the choreography for cats. Oh, and it was wow. saying that when she was young, her teacher thought she had a learning disability and that she needed to go to a special school because she wouldn't sit. So her parents took to a psychologist and they sent her outside of the room for a moment, the parents. And um, when the parents peeped through the door with the psychologist, she was dancing and they said, oh. she's not needing a special school she needs to be a dancer yeah. and then she went on to make the choreography for cats yeah. so i just think all i have to keep telling myself and i know we spoke about this the other day is that i assume that everybody thinks the way that i'm thinking so everyone thinks in scenes and colors and music and always thinks how good a scene would look like like this certain way but actually when i've told my friends i was coming here this weekend they're like oh my amazing i yeah. could never do that yeah or exactly, oh my god yeah. i've never written anything mm-hmm. but then to me i'm like i just assume i'm like one of these thousands of sheep mm-hmm. that yeah. are all writing books when yeah. actually yeah. Yeah. Not. it's just simply writing not a book the is case. a really yeah. hard thing yeah, so yeah. a lot of people will want to do it but be like i can't yeah, yeah. yeah. because yeah. it is hard i'm not gonna lie i yeah. love it but it is freaking hard it's it really yeah. hard it's not something you just choose you don't choose yeah. to make money you don't just choose it because you're like you know what i'm gonna do today i'm gonna write a book because you're not gonna do it today it's gonna take you a little while yeah. So I think you have to just love it and you have to, like you say, you have to understand that if that is in you and you are seeing the world that way and you, you're probably meant to be doing that, yes. you're meant to be telling stories because that's me. Like I could be like on the train, see somebody do something and come up with a whole scene, mm-hmm. not necessarily fantasy, I'll come up with a whole scene of yeah. like, if they were trying to kidnap me, this is how I do this. And I come up with an entire scene and then I go, stop it. Just and like I realised that people don't think like that. No, yeah. they, they don't think like that. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That That is part of our little quirk. And that's what makes life so interesting. And yeah. it tells you that there is something in you that wants to get that out. Yeah. You just got to find the best medium for you and then stick to it and allow mm-hmm. yourself to do it. Because I think there is like, I, I always say this, I think creativity, when you're somebody that's quite creative, it's linked to your emotions and how you feel and yeah. your happiness. Yeah. And when you don't have that outlet because you are the one stopping you mm-hmm. as well, it's quite depressing. Like yeah. I know that when I'm not writing or I'm not doing something creative, I, I say storytelling because I love storytelling, yeah. so I like acting, I like writing. I get really low. I get really low. And like what could be like a normal day at work can be a really dark, depressing day. And I, I just feel really terrible and I feel really like teary and I'm not, you guys know I'm not somebody that cries very often. Mm-hmm. And then when I look back, it's because I haven't like written or been creative yeah. for a long time. And so that tells you that when something's so linked like that, why wouldn't I try and put out a story? Because if that is in me, it means that it's got to affect somebody, even if it's one person and yeah. it saves their life or it gives them a bit of an escape while they're in a really bad situation. That's enough for me to say, I oh, will finish this. And book. that one person can be you. Yeah, because if you are still writing with no readers and no money coming in and you still want to do it then you know you're meant to do it absolutely yeah Yeah. and it will get you through the hard times yeah yeah 100% (laughs) yeah so I think that kind of concludes the end of the episode can I just say to you guys thank you very much um, for doing it Um, I hope that you guys listening find good advice from this and then it helps you guys to realise that the really important point and take home I think that comes from this is to just write and to enjoy it and to trust yourself and know that you know what it's okay you can figure everything out on the other side but just write let it out don't stump yourself you're gonna have all these worries they're not gonna go away you just get better at managing them it's kind of like whenever someone talks about grief and they say it never goes away the loss of the person you just get better at dealing with it on a day-to-day and I know it's worlds apart but it's just an analogy yeah that you know it is hard and it is difficult but it's okay 
doesn't mean you're not meant to do it it just means that you have to fight a bit harder to do yeah. it so we're going to say goodbye to you guys and if you have enjoyed this please do share with your friends family mm -hmm. and anyone else that you think might benefit from it please like and please subscribe and until next time bye 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 guys